I'm Clyde Lewis. You're about to listen to a sample of today's Ground Zero show. I'm Clyde Lewis, and this is Ground Zero. The numbers to call tonight, 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. So I don't know if anybody is familiar with the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists. The Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists are those guys that bring you the doomsday clock. I'm talking about nuclear risk, climate change, disruptive technologies, COVID-19. It's going down the list of all the things that could bring our doom. And they move that clock ever so close to midnight. When we hit midnight, it means we're doomed. It's the end of the world, or damn close. And uh, one of the things that I was noticing today as I was looking over the bulletin of the atomic scientists, someone had tipped me off to the idea that now they're openly talking about geoengineering. And that geoengineering is, you know, of course it says, well, geoengineering, what could go wrong? Well, a lot of things could go wrong. And I was looking at some of the different types of uh, geoengineering uh, where they radically alter not just the atmosphere, but they radically alter the oceans. Um, they can go in and they can get the heat out of the oceans. Uh, they can put iron ore into the oceans. They can change the chemistry of the oceans. They can put in more coral reefs in the oceans. But just the idea that you have to counteract one form of intervention for another form of intervention is a new chapter in our book of doom that apparently the Bulletin for the Atomic Scientists have been addressing now. And I, I, I actually find this to be uh, very enlightening because it, it kind of uh, vindicates, if you will, a lot of what we've been talking about with regard to um, climate tinkering or hacking the planet or hacking the atmosphere. Um but what's funny is that those that are just talking about it now, the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists, they're just weighing the issues of whether or not it's good for the planet or whether or not this is a broad highway to hell or you know the reactions, of course, they say are very uh, valid because about timescales, you don't know, you know what geoengineering is going to do to the planet in 15 years or what it might do to the planet in 30 years. At the moment... You know, many of them are still looking at this as some sci-fi story, uh, and, and none of them, you know, none of the mainstream scientists, the mainstream news organizations, have any insight as to how, you know, people once they, you know, once it becomes a mainstream story, which it, it came close to becoming a mainstream story uh, back when um, Bill Gates was on sixty Minutes, and he was talking about his carbon programs, he was talking about, you know, making the sky white or or uh, dimming the sun. And um, I think the I think the, the the thing that we need to understand is that when you're looking as far back, I mean, we were talking about Iron Mountain, right? And during the Iron Mountain report, they were talking about ecology. They were talking about what could be done to, you know, uh, get people aware, and that is to create a due date for some unforeseen cataclysmic thing that could happen because of climate. For many years now, 
climate opportunists and zealots have used fear-mongering to gather support, especially from young people, as they continue to say that the Earth has, has an expiration date. We've heard 12 years, we've heard 30 years. I mean, various global warming advocates have said that the world has just decades to survive. And sometimes we, we have less and sometimes we have more. Uh, sometimes we have an extension. If we just change the way we govern ourselves, they say, if we just vote for a greener government, they say, there's going to be this miraculous change in the spike in weather disruptions and earthquakes on the planet. Things will be calmer. Things will be better. For many people, though, it is confusing. And so rather than questioned, you know, rather they question what is going on, they tend to adopt a kind of Pascal's wager with regard to climate change. And what I mean by Pascal's wager, well, Pascal basically admonished people that they should act as if there is a God, whether you believe in one or not. And the same can be said about climate change advocates. They say that even if the climate isn't changing, we would be better off if we act as though it is. Or we'd be better off we should act as as though it will eventually. See, that, that they don't tell you that, okay? They don't want to tell you that climate change is a potentiality, okay? It's potentially going to happen in 30 years. It's potentially going to happen. Okay, and they're, say, and they're saying this for the sole purpose of creating green jobs, a green economy, sustainability, but it's all some humdrum, crazy socialist experiment that they want to bring upon us. And the reset is there, and it's, it's just there's a lot of complex things within it. And people see it as good. People see it as not so good. People see it as bad. But science, I'm not going to say the science because the the science is something else, but science can continue to develop ways to create better resources on the planet, help the environment, but mad science and geoengineering the planet is going to lead to what I call consistent geocausality. Now, consistent geocausality is an axiom I made up. I mean, I, I say that geocausality is what happens when you play with Mother Nature. Consistent geocausality is the result of terraforming or weather control. It can also be the result of environmental damage caused by advanced electronic weapons that not only affect the weather, but quite possibly they affect the entire geosphere. Natural and human disasters, global acts of political, uh, political economic, religious, and military terrorism, domestic violence, all these rumors of war... Are no, they're not only triggering post-traumatic stress, but it is producing a parapsychological effect on each and every one of us. And, and so we either choose to shut down and ignore what's in front of us, or we choose to take a side. And so in the middle is some sort of parapsychological development that goes on. Some will say that it's, it, it's, sort, of a, a, it's sort of a handicap. Others say parapsychology or the idea of getting a parapsychological view of the world gives you more uh, of a way to open up and understand why traumatic experiences create the effects that they do. Traumatic experiences on people's lives, how, how it affects perceptions of a lot of things, perceptions of whether or not the climate is going to kill us all, perceptions on whether or not we're going to go to war or have a nuclear war with Russia, perceptions on whether or not God exists or whether or not your precognitive dreams about the end of the world should be paid attention to. And that if you have these apocalyptic dreams, that you should be 
preparing by getting food in your house and getting power, you know, generators and all this other stuff. But see, mental manifestations bring on the law of attraction. And some people say that if you're thinking this, this negative end of the world type stuff, then yes, we, we're going to see the end of the world. People who are actively interested in parapsychology and, and have had experience, they interpret as paranormal experiences or transcendent experiences, report that they have this enhanced spirituality that they have, they've achieved. They have an enhanced view and well-being. They're saying, even though all of this stuff is going on, every calamitous event, everything happening in the weather from tornadoes to hurricanes to blizzards to whatever, they have a sense of well-being because they know where their mind is at. And if they see this as something consistent, then they'll know that they're on the road to some sort of apocalypse or on the road to some sort of um, age, uh, golden age, or whatever you're looking at here. I mean, some are seeing, some are seeing that this is like uh, a portent or an omen, uh, and, and, and and you know it can all rain true. But see, all of these effects are generally a combined result of more than one anomalous experience, and a larger number of experiences are associated with greater effects. Fear apparently is a relatively common initial reaction to paranormal phenomena. But eventually, everything that happens around you becomes less paranormal and more normal. This is why they're calling it the new normal, because everything paranormal becomes normal. Everything goes from being the crazy guy on the radio talking about conspiracy theory to pop culture. And this is unprecedented. And some say that it's an indication that we are in this dispensational end of days. And I can't help but wonder if the initial trauma paradigm is the answer to this paranormal apocalyptic butterfly effect because I can't express enough how things are becoming downright peculiar more so than it has in the past. I mean, the butterfly effect has been seen as a way to explain a complex chain of events that affect one another. I mean, the butterfly effect serves as a metaphor for what in technical language is called sensitive dependence on initial conditions or deterministic chaos. The fact that small causes have larger effects. Every little bit we do, every little thing that we do, and, and climate change people can agree with this as well. Every little bit that we remove carbon or every little bit that we remove fossil fuel, every little bit will have a larger effect on the ecosystem. But it can be used, if you indulge me, it can be used in a bit of predictability where you can postulate that whether you, know, you can think about whether or not a flap of a butterfly's wings in Brazil is the reason why we're seeing all these tornadoes in, in, in Texas and in the South and the Southwest. It's 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 a weird way of looking at what is happening. Five zero three two two five zero eight sixty. That's five zero three two two five zero eight sixty. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. I'm Clyde Lewis, and you've just listened to a segment of Ground Zero. In order to access the complete archive shows and podcasts, you must sign up on our secured server at Aftermath.media. It's only $4.99 a month for the archive shows and podcasts. Or if you want access to the Ground Zero online library, which includes videos, audio clips, ebooks, documents, a social media platform, plus the archive shows and podcasts, it's $9.99 a month. Again, that's Aftermath.media. That's Aftermath.media. Thanks for supporting Ground Zero.